Om, lead us from the unreal to the real. Lead us from darkness unto light. Lead us from death to immortality. Om, peace, peace, peace. Namaste to everybody. And I think I saw uh, Swamini Srividyanandaji's, her uh, name was there in the list. So I offered my pranams to Revered Mataji. And it is really an honor to have such a presence. Um, so yesterday, we, in the afternoon session, we learned about um, the mechanics, the procedures that are undertaken to arrive at the meaning of uh, the Mahavakya. Especially, I want to draw our attention to the Lakshyartha, how we get the implied meaning, why we get the implied meaning, why is it necessary, and how we get it. Why do we need the implied meaning? Because the direct meaning, the Mukhyartha, the primary meaning does not fit. You can't get the meaning of the sentence out if you apply only the direct or primary meaning. And how do we get the implied meaning? So we remember Jahad Ajahad Lakshana. Uh, you leave out some parts, the contrary parts, and you take the common part which gives you identity. For example, example let's apply it to the four Mahavakyas. So we considered Pragyanam Brahma. So what is the primary meaning of Pragyanam and what is the primary meaning of Brahma? And what is the secondary meaning of Pragyanam? What is the secondary meaning of Brahma? The primary meaning of Pragyanam is this empirical consciousness right now. Uh, as the verse said, Ikshate, um, Shrinoti, Jigrati, you see, you hear, you smell, you taste. It is like that washerman using the diamond for scrubbing clothes. So our consciousness right now, what we experience as this person, that's the primary meaning, Mukhyartha, this Jiva, our conscious life. And what is the primary meaning of Brahma? Jagatkaranam Brahma, the, the uh, Saguna Brahman which creates, uh, which projects uh, sustains and finally dissolves this entire universe. How can the two be identical? It's impossible. So we go for the Lakshyartha, implied meaning. What is the Lakshyartha Pragyanam? Sakshi Chaitanya, Shuddha Chaitanya, pure consciousness or the witness consciousness. Consciousness in itself, not mixed up with uh, the activities of the mind and the sense organs. What is the Lakshyartha of Brahman? Again, pure consciousness, um, uh, Shuddha Chaitanya. And therefore, we can say Pragyanam Brahma. Similarly, um, today we shall see the Aham Brahmasmi. What is the primary meaning of Aham? Uh, that is this Jiva. The ego in this mind, it is a function of the mind. And this ego, which is associated with body-mind, is the primary meaning, Vachyartha of Aham. This, this person, I, this fellow Sarvapriyananda. This is uh, Vachyartha. What is the primary meaning of Brahman? Jagatkaranam Brahma, the, um, the source and the sustenance and the destruction uh, and the dissolution of this entire universe takes place in this Saguna Brahman or Ishvara. How can I, this fellow, be that Brahman? Impossible. So we go for Lakshyartha, implied meaning. What is the Lakshyartha of Aham? Witness consciousness. That consciousness which shines upon the Aham as the Chidavhasa, that pure consciousness which is the source of the Chidavhasa, the original. Um, that is the Lakshyartha. What is the Lakshyartha of Brahman? The same Satchitananda, Jaitanya. And therefore, Aham Brahmasmi is an identity which can be understood. Again, when you go to Tattvamasi, the famous Chandogya Upanishad Mahavakya, what is the meaning of Tat? Tat Sat in the sixth chapter. Sadeva Sammedamagrasi. 
before the beginning of the universe there was existence alone so there actually you're talking about sabuna brahman because you're talking about the creation of the universe from that alone everything emerged so tat means sabuna brahman ishvara bhagavan and tvam means that young boy shwetaketu that young man shwetaketu so how can shwetaketu be equal to uh, or identical with satchidananda brahma saguna saguna brahman how can it be how is it possible so we need not vatyartha but lakshyartha the lakshyartha of tvam is chaitanyam shuddha chaitanyam or sakshi chaitanyam pure consciousness witness consciousness and the lakshyartha of tat is again pure existence sat itself and with uh, without reference to maya and its products and in that case they are one and the same um, so tattvamasi has meaning again and uh, the next one this is exactly in the same way ayam atma brahma what is the meaning of ayam atma this very self which self this here body mind uh, this jiva and brahman jagat karanam brahma how can they be the same uh, vachyartha will not work so we have to take lakshyartha and lakshyartha by jahad ajhad lakshana this ayam atma becomes the turiya the pure consciousness which uh, is the witness of the waking dreaming and deep sleep and um, the brahman also is exactly the same thing and uh, the, the witness of the uh, waking dreaming and deep uh, uh, and deep sleep the uh, the the substratum of the sthula prapancha sukshma prapancha and karana prapancha so this then we can say ayam atma brahman only in vachyartha so this is what uh, is the result of what we studied yesterday this is how it's applied i had promised i'll make a comment today which i will but let's make a little progress and then i'll come back to my uh, comment so let us take up verse number 3 and 4 what are we going to talk about now the brihadaranyaka upanishad yajurveda mahavakya aham brahmasmi i am brahman by the way um the different sanyasa orders the dashnami sampradaya shankaracharya so the different orders also they are organized according to the mathas which were established by adi shankaracharya so the puri uh, order their mahavakya their mahavakyas are different for the different mathas and the the uh, sanyasi sampradaya is under them so our mahavakya is actually aham brahmasmi uh, the puri sampradaya so this aham brahmasmi from riyaranyaka upanishad first verse number 3 talks about aham and verse number 4 will talk about uh, brahma and the aikyam verse number 3 paripurna parama paripurna paramatma sorry paripurna paratmasmin देहे विद्यादिकारिणी बुद्धे साक्षीतया स्थित्वा सुरन्नहमितीर्यते तो दिस इन्फिनिट सुप्रीम सेल्फ व्हिच इज मैनिफेस्टेड इन द वर्ल्ड इन इन दिस वेरी बॉडी एज द विटनेस ऑफ द इंटेलेक्ट ऑफ द ऑफ द फंक्शनिंग ऑफ द बुद्धि this body which is this body mind complex which is fit for self knowledge and is designated as the i and you always find it as the i inside so what does it mean paratma paratma paramatma same thing 
paratma the absolute self or pure consciousness satchidananda paripurnah it is infinite without limitations it is complete in itself but aham aham brahmasmi the aham refers to the the functioning of the antakarana the ego in this my in this body mind which refers to this body and mind it's a function of the antakarana the antakarana manifests as ahankara buddhi manas and chitta so all these functions are going on now what is the lakshyartha of aham the lakshyartha of aham is this paratma this all pervasive pure consciousness which is everywhere one point here when we say atman or brahman is everywhere that is strictly not true that is we say it's everywhere only by accepting space there is something called space and so what about atman where is atman then we have to say atman is everywhere in order to uh, you know correct the error that i am here only and not there in order to correct that error the real i is everywhere in space a good example is um when we dream in our dreams we inhabit a world of our dreams there is uh, there are sky there is the sky and the earth and the rivers and lakes and people and animals and activities going on lot of space we see but we know when we wake up we realize all that space is actually in our minds not only in our minds it is nothing it's actually not there it's our mind alone which appears as space there so if you ask where is the dreamer's mind the mind which projects the dream in that space you have to say everywhere but truly speaking even everywhere is not correct because that everywhere that space is simply a projection of that mind the dream space which in, in which our dreams take place in our projection that's projected in the mind it's not actually there suppose you see a galaxy here in manhattan uh, there is this planetarium the hidden planetarium just nearby in the museum of natural science national history there on the screen you will see projected huge space stars and galaxies and uh, supernova and all of that uh, millions of light years uh, all projected there is it true that the in the planetarium there are millions of light year spaces there no it's a projection similarly in the mind it's a projection and the mind if you want to say yes it pervades the entire space but the truth is space itself is a superimposition is an abhyasa is an appearance to similarly for time when we say atman or brahman is nityam always we say eternal it's only to correct the error that we are non eternal i am born i'm getting old i shall die no not at all it is the body which is born and getting old and shall die but absolutely not one little bit is going to of you is going to be harmed so only with respect to time do we say eternal but time itself is a superimposition uh, so it is not that atman or brahman is something that lasts in and through time rather time is an appearance in brahman then when we say brahman is sarvavyapi it pervades everything uh, every object every person that also is not absolutely true because that also you accept every person and everything and then say brahman pervades everything but every person things all of these objects are appearances and they are not real in any sense apart from brahman so it is true to say brahman only is and with respect to space all pervading with respect to time if you accept time then eternal 
with respect to all objects, if you accept them, then uh, non-dual, there's no second object apart from it, all pervading uh, in that sense. Okay. Here it says, especially in this body-mind complex, uh, how can we appreciate Brahman? He says, Sphuran Aham, catch hold of the I, the sense of the ego which we have now, I, catch hold of that first. That is not Brahman, but catch hold of, notice that first. And then notice that it is being illumined. There's a sense of awareness there. The awareness in the I, I is not just the modification of the mind. With the modification of the mind comes an awareness, inherently with it, intrinsically with it. That awareness also is not Brahman. That is Chidavhasa. The source of that Chidavhasa. There's no other way to put it. The original of that Chidavhasa is um, Brahman or Atman. This Paratma which is mentioned here. The only way to understand is like this. Look at the mirror. The mirror is like the eye. Aham. In the mirror, your face is reflected. That is like the, the awareness in the Aham. When you say aham, it's not just a vritti, ahankara vritti, but always comes with, with awareness. And then the original face, there is the mirror. In the mirror is my face. I can see the reflection. From that, somehow I have to intuitively grasp, here is the original face. I can't see the original face directly. All that we can see is the reflected face. From the reflected face, not infer. It is intuitively directly grasped. Here I am, the original face, though I don't see it directly. Similarly, here I am, the Sakshi Chaitanya, the witness consciousness. So he says, Buddhe Sakshi Taya Stitva, of the functions of the Buddhi, of all Buddhi Vrittis, the Sakshi, which lends awareness to the Buddhi Vritti, the awareness which we feel right now as Chidabhasa. Don't make the mistake of thinking. I am ahankara. No. Don't make the mistake of thinking I am the awareness in the ahankara, chidavasa. Not even that. The real you, the real I, is the sakshi of the ahankara. The sakshi of the ahankara means what? That to which the ahankara appears. From which the ahankara gets awareness. Chidavasa comes from the sakshi, is, shines in the ahankara, in the mirror of the ahankara. So three things. When you say aham, it is purat. That aham has three things in it. One is the vritti aham, which is called ahankara. Not at all you. Although that's most of, all the time normally in a state, state of ignorance, we identify ourselves with that ahankara. Automatically when we say, I am talking, I am walking, I am going, we generally mean this body-mind uh, with the ahankara vritti, the ego. But the ego is just, it's jada. It's just like a mirror. In that shines, like the reflected face shines in the mirror, consciousness shines in ahankara as chidavasa. And the source of that consciousness, like the source of the reflected face, real face, source of that consciousness is buddhe sakshi, the witness consciousness, sakshi. Who am I? I'm sakshi. Sakshi lakshyartha. Aham vachyartha. Aham has everything. Ahankara vritti, reflected consciousness, original consciousness, that is the Sakshi, witness consciousness, reflected consciousness, and vritti. Altogether, I say aham. That is why Mandukya Upanishad, seventh mantra, 
and it says that um, um, after denying everything, nanta pragyam, nabhish pragyam, and all that, waker, dreamer, deep sleeper, not not that. Then adrishtam, abhyavaharyam, agrahyam, alakshanam, all the prapanchas, uh, what we grasp by the sense organs, what we infer, what we designate by language, what we can even conceive of, all of that is denied. It is not the ultimate reality to Riyam. Then what is it? One positive clue is given. Positive clue is Ekatma Pratyaya Saram. Atma Pratyaya. The self-cognition which is continuously going, that one, you have to Anusaram. You have to investigate that. Anusandhana has to be done. An investigation. Exactly what Ramana Maharshi used to teach. This I is arising. Even the I is not the ultimate reality. Trace it back to the root. He used to call it the heart. It's the same thing. Buddhescha Sakshi Nikhilasya Janto. This is a nice verse. Buddhescha Sakshi Nikhilasya Janto. Yovetti Sarvam Nachayasya Vetta. The witness of the Buddhi, where Nikhila Janta, in all Jantu, and all sentient beings, when the Buddhi is functioning or Antakkarana is functioning, the witness. Witness does two things. It witnesses or watches. Remember, it's not a process, it is just illumining and lends consciousness to it. So, buddhescha sakshi, lakshyartha. Sakshi is the lakshyartha. Paripurnaha. Paripurna is an important word. The awareness that we feel right now is limited. Why? Because it is the chidabhasa. It is the reflection of the original consciousness. It is a reflection of the sakshi chaitanya. And that is limited in the vritti. In the mind, through the mind, it is again borrowed to, uh, by the sensory system. So up to the body, they say, ah, nakagrat. Up to the tips of our nails, we feel, I am here. And this is I. Why? Because the body is pervaded by consciousness. Where does this come from? From the sensory system. Where does the sensory system get consciousness? Is it self-luminous? Not at all. Eyes, ears, tongue, nose, skin. All of them get that uh, consciousness borrowed from the mind. Antakkarana. Where does Antakkarana get this consciousness from? Chidabhasa, which is shining in the Antakkarana. So Chidabhasa is the source. No, not even that. Like moonlight is not original to the moon. It is borrowed from the sun, reflected sunlight. Similarly, Chidabhasa is reflected from or borrowed from or channeled from Sakshi. How complex? Which one am I? When we say I, it actually includes the whole thing. But when you analyze, which is the real I, who am I? It is only Sakshi. Advaita is very simple. There is only one consciousness, only one source of consciousness, and that is Sakshi. Now, Vidyaranya has taken this chance to introduce an important topic. Vidyadhikarini, the spiritual seeker, the seeker after knowledge, who is qualified for Vidya. So when he's talking about consciousness in this body, shining in this body, which body, this body-mind system, he introduces the term, it must be um, adhikari. It must be prepared. What is adhikari? Sadhana chatushtaya sampanna pramata adhikari. The knower, the seeker, the pramata, the seeker after spiritual knowledge, who is uh, equipped with the fourfold qualification. And we all know this. Uh, you know, when we start Vedanta, we are um, asked to memorize all of them. 
what are the fourfold qualifications what are the definitions of each and we are eager all right i understand those things let me go ahead i want to learn atma brahma and all of that but this is most important and swami vivekananda says i know where the shoe pinches this is where we fall short and as we understand we progress further and further in vedanta we come up against this question it is i have understood it but why it is not giving me peace why is it not helping me to overcome my sorrow why am i not jivan mukta yet the problem is not with the vidya with the teaching problem is not with the teacher problem is with me the student and what problem the problem is the initial problem this vidya adhikari this sadhan chatushtay sampanna equipped with the fourfold qualification fourfold qualification we all know viveka vairagya shamadamaadi shat sampatti mumukshutvam cha so viveka this um, discrimination between so discrimination is a bad word <laughs> it is actually discernment discernment nowadays in in the america or everywhere in the world if you say discrimination say what are you saying you should not discriminate viveka means discernment prithak karane in order to be, be able to separate vivich to separate separate in our understanding not physically not with pincers or forceps in our understanding separate nitya anitya vastu viveka there is an eternal reality is so, if i know that eternal reality why would i come to class no we don't we know it through books we know it through teacher we know it um, through our shraddha and belief and we are attracted to it that much is enough eternal reality is there brahman and the world is non eternal nitya anitya vastu viveka that must be strong from that comes it's very interesting they are all linked as cause and effect from that comes vairagya yamutra phala bhogartha vairagya whatever is the world offering as pleasure here whatever pleasures are promised in various heavens i do not want any limited pleasure i want that infinite happiness somebody asked me when i became a monk are you mad why are you giving up all these pleasures you don't want anything i said no i want everything that's why i'm becoming a monk i am not satisfied with a few things only i want everything in this universe the only way is to realize that you are brahman so then shamadamaadi shat sampatti six fold treasure shama tranquility of the mind dama control of the sense organs and organs of action then um, uparati uh, withdrawal from excessive engagement in non vedantic activities then samadhana settling down focus on your vedanta shravana manana nididhyasana then iksha a spiritual toughness a lot of problems may be there in life problems physical problems financial problems pandemic problems so many problems will be there in spite of everything i shall pursue my spiritual practices i shall pursue my vedantic inquiry i will be until god realization until brahmakyana i will continue to do it so this toughness must be there and we have it we have exercised it um, throughout life um, if you are holding a you have a career a job if you are raising a family how much trouble you have put up with over decades and decades that that kind of toughness only a fraction of that is necessary for brahmagyana <laughs> a little bit of that toughness holding on to it till the very end you brahmagyana will come titiksha sahanam sarvadukhanam apratikarapurvakam chinta vilaparahitam satitiksha nigadyate vivek chodamani shankaracharya says that uh, put up with all kinds of troubles 
from the world outside, other people, from our own body, from mind also, put up with all of that without any desperation to set it right. Remember again, don't misinterpret. Do take all precautions. If illness is there, take medicine. If um, uh, there are troublesome people, avoid. Maintain your peace of mind. Uh, but too much of engagement of, of trying to put things right. Not so. Keep your mind free for Vedanta. So, chinta and vilaparahitam. Problems have happened. Some loss has been there. Don't recover from it. It's called resilience. And move on with, with your spiritual inquiry. Don't bewail it. Don't get stuck in all the bad things that has happened to us in life. Many people are that I have been treated badly, my life has gone so badly, people have mistreated me. Don't do that. Nobody cares. Why should you care so much? Move ahead. Titiksha, toughness. Mental toughness. And then, on the Shraddha. Guru and Shastra Vakya, there's a deep faith. Somebody said, Swami, you said, this is the path of inquiry, not faith. In the very beginning, you said Vedanta. Now again, you are saying faith. There is a funny story of a sadhu in Vrindavan who was a devotee of Krishna, of Gopala. And one day he came to a Vedantic teacher and he said, see, I want to change my track. I want to study Advaita Vedanta. Enough of bhakti. and uh, So he started. First of all, sadhana chatushta, fourfold qualification, then the six treasures. When he came to Shraddha, a faith in Guru and the teachings of, uh, of the Shastras, then that sadhu said, Vrindavan, I said, bhi shraddha, to mera giridhar gopalanandan kya dosh kiye the? So here also you are asking me to believe. Then there, my, my Gopala, my Krishna, what harm did he do? Why did I leave him? There also they say you have to believe in him. No, here shraddha is a kind of, uh, is, is a working hypothesis that what the text says, right? Let me try to understand. Right now, even if I don't get it, that much faith is there that there is some real stuff here. If I put my effort into it, any kind of learning, you go into a course in Columbia or NYU, you don't go in there in, by thinking that the textbooks are fake news, the professors are liars. You never do that. Then you'll never make any progress. You go into it by thinking that the textbooks are right. Let me work hard and try to understand. The professors are telling me something worth knowing. Let me try to understand. I can question. But not that I'll make up my mind all of, all of this is false. So Shraddha is that kind of faith that there is something very valuable here. Let me try to get it. And then finally, Mumukshutram. Intense desire to be free. Sri Ramakrishna used to say that Vyakulata, an intense desire. Whether in Bhakti Marga or in Jnana Marga, there must be this great motivation. I, I want to get the result of this, this path. So this is called Vidyadhikarini. Vidyarani has taken this chance to introduce fourfold qualification. Asmin dehe, in this body, Vatyartha, I, this body mind, this fellow Sarva Priyananda, Lakshayartha, the consciousness which is shining in the mind of or on the mind of this, this body mind system. That is my real nature, witness consciousness. That is impersonal. This is the meaning of Aham in Aham Brahmasmi. Now, Brahma, the next verse, uh, next verse we will see. Swatah Purna Paratmatra 
ब्रह्मशब्देन वर्णिता अस्मेपरामर्श तेन ब्रह्म भवाम्यहम इज इन्फिनिट स्वतःपूर्ण बाई इट सेल्फ कंप्लीट इन्फिनिट परात्मा द अल्टिमेट सेल्फ ब्रह्मन और आत्मन दैट इज कॉल्ड ब्रह्म शब्द बाय द उपनिषद बाय द बृहदारणक वेन यू से अहम ब्रह्मास्मी दैट इन्फिनिट रियालिटी इज कॉल्ड ब्रह्मन आई एम दैट अहम अस्मी अस्मी ऐक्य परामर्श परामर्श हियर रेफर्स टू दि फाइनल नॉलेज ब्रह्म ज्ञान ब्रह्माकार वृत्ति वेन इट अराइजेस अहम ब्रह्मास्मी it refers to that impersonal nirguna brahman where aikya is possible what is vachyartha brahman is the jagat karanam that is not meant here the jiva can never be brahman but the lakshyartha of aham the witness consciousness and the lakshyartha of brahman which is svatapurna paramaparatma that one they are one and the same so therefore Brahma bhavami aham aham Brahma asmi. Now, what does this mean? Swataf purna. So here the commentators are very useful. Um, here the commentator Ramakrishna says, Swataf purna means Swataf paripurna swabhavato desha kaladi anavachinna. So we remember Taittiriya Upanishad, Satyam Jnanam Anantam Brahma, Brahma, which is used here. What is the Lakshyaartha Brahman. What is the uh, implied meaning? The implied meaning is what is given in the Taittiriya Upanishad. Infinite existence consciousness is Brahman. Infinite existence consciousness is Brahman. This infinite existence consciousness is called Swatah Paripurna by itself in its own nature. So when you say Swatah, you are looking at at Vachyaar at Lakshyaartha as an implied meaning, the real nature of Brahman. What is the meaning of infinite? Anantam, satyam jnanam, anantam Brahma. Anantam means no limit. Infinite means no finitude. So, finitude means limit, no limit. Anta means limit. Anantam means no limit. What are the limits? Commentator says, desha kala adi, desha kala vastu paricheda. So, desha paricheda, kala paricheda, vastu paricheda. these are the limits very logically defined limits means that which brings an end we have an end in space so each of us from the perspective of the body we occupy a particular space and so there is a space in which we are the body is and there is a vast space all around where the body is not at this moment we can move from one place to another i can go from here to monroe but then i will not be in manhattan anymore i can go from this room upstairs but then i will not be downstairs anymore so we are limited in space we can only occupy a little space and the rest as body as body so desha parichheda means location in space if you say desha parichheda parichheda rahita desha parichheda shunya without any limitation in space what will happen if an object has limitation in space then it is in one place and not in other places if it has no limitation in play, in space what will happen to it it is everywhere or rather there is nowhere where it is not there is nowhere where it is not there is nowhere in the pot where clay is not there is nowhere in the ornament where gold is not there is nowhere in the wave where water is not or in the ocean where water is not 
in the same way, everything in the universe, every space in the universe, every space in the universe, Brahman must be there. Logically also, what is Brahman? Existence, isness. Suppose there is a place where Brahman is not, Brahman is not there. What does it mean? Existence is not there. Then that place does not exist. Literally, <laughs> look at it logically. Existence, isness, must be there wherever things exist, even space. So there is a space. If you say there is, not is. And if you say Brahman is not in that space, then that isness has to be taken out. That space itself disappears then. So logically, even if you take it in the most, um, in logic they call it uh, the tautological fashion, that it is, in mathematics they say it's a trivial result. It, it, it's automatic, it'll come. So Brahman is there everywhere because it is not limited in space or by space. Not similarly, not limited in time. So we have limitation in time. As far as the body is concerned, the body is born and it uh, goes through life and then it dies. So there is a time before which the body was not. There will be a time after which the body will not be there. In between the body was there. So before birth, after death, the limitation of time. That's why in the gravestones, tombstones, you will say 19010 to 2000. So 90 years, the gentleman uh, lived. Before that, before 1910, not existing. After 2000, not existing as that body. So we're limited in time. Everything in this universe, every entity is limited in time. Even the most fundamental particles are ultimately born. At some time in the, at the beginning of the universe, they were born. Many particles, they come and out, disappear out of existence at, in tiny, tiny fractions of uh, time. So even the longest lived stars will have to die one day. So everything is cut off in time. But suppose there is one entity which is not cut off in time, what will happen to it? It will become eternal. There will be no time before which it was not. There will be no time after which it will not be there. In Nyaya, they talk about Abhava, absence. So they spend a lot of time talking about Abhava, what is not there. Uh, there are four kinds of absence. Even absence has four kinds. Uh, so I once attended a workshop on Navdya Nyaya. Uh, uh, I have one of three workshops. So one workshop was entirely on absence, on nothing. What is the topic of studying five hours a day for 15 days? Nothing. Absence. So one kind of nothing is the nothing which was there before our birth, before the creation of any entity, before production of an entity, before birth of the body. What, where was the body? Nothing. It was not there. That is called the, um, the abhava before existence, the pragabhava. And uh, before coming into existence, before coming into birth. And after the death of the body, it's called dhvamsa bhava. The body is not there after death. So the absence after destruction, absence before creation. Praga bhava and dhvamsa bhava. Now, logic, in logical language, when you want to express infinity in time, but not limited by time. So praga bhava uh, is not there. Dhamsa bhava is not. There is abhava of praga bhava and abhava of dhamsa bhava. So there was never a time when this entity did not exist. There will never be a time when this entity will not exist. What is this? Only existence has this quality. Quality means this, this nature. Being, sat. That is Brahman. 
then one more see what are we all discussing no limit where did this come from anantam where did this anantam come from as he says paripurnam paripurnam the third one is very interesting vastu parichheda shunyam vastu parichheda means the law of identity a is a a is a means then it is not identical to anything else except a so when i say this is a book this is a book vastu parichheda means this entity is limited by its bookness bookness it is a pen it is not a human being it is not a tree and not a not a galaxy or anything it is a book not only that it is a book panchadashi book it is different from vivek chudamani book it is different from um, the yoga sutra book it is it is one book which is different from all others so this is called vastu parichheda it's a kind of limitation actually thing is only itself why is it a limitation because it is nothing else it is limited to being only this thing and nothing else in it it's a new way of thinking but you can see that way vastu parichheda a thing is limited to it its own own uh, set of characteristics its own identity only because this is a book and panchadashi book it is different from every other entity in the universe this is called vastu parichay the limitation of object limitation now the interesting question is suppose there is something which does not have vastu parichay what will happen if it does not have desha parichay it becomes all pervading there is no space where it is not if it does not have kala parichay it becomes eternal there is no time when it is not if it does not have vastu parichay what will happen remember vastu parichay is it is different from every every other object is different from it this vastu parichayada if there is no vastu parichayada what will happen no object is different from it nothing in the universe will be different from this entity then if nothing is different from it they are all one with it there is no second entity apart from it if there is something brahman which has some reality called so some brahman which has no vastu parichayada then nothing in this universe will be different from it there will be no second entity apart from it no second advaitam second means dvaitam no second advaitam vastu parichheda shunya means advaitam now put it all together desha parichheda vastu kala parichheda vastu parichheda limitation in space limitation in time limitation in object everything we see is like that but if there is something which is devoid of all these limitations which is free of these limitations uh, that is purnam it is desha parichheda shunya sarva vyapi all pervading kala parichheda shunya uh, eternal devoid of time limitation and vastu parichheda shunya devoid of being restricted to one entity so nothing in the universe is separate from it it is advaitam sarva vyapi nityam advaitam what is that purnam when he says paripurnam all this is packed into this one word he says here satav purnam just purnam the meaning of purnam is this this is brahma and this brahman is the lakshyartha that you can say the aham which you saw earlier the sakshi chaitanya in verse number 3 that aham is the same as this brahman i said in terms of existence but in terms of consciousness gyanam brahma satyam brahma i explained but gyanam brahma also you can see then it will be exactly the same as the aham of third third verse 
Aham in third verse, Sakshi Chaitanya and the infinite knowledge of infinite consciousness without limitation, without Desha Parichyeda Shunya, Kala Parichyeda Shunya, Vastu Parichyeda Shunya, they are one and the same. You can say, Aham Brahma Asmi. Brahma Bhavamyaham. The same thing as Aham Brahma Asmi. Aham Brahma Asmi. This realization will come Aikya Paramarsha. I will explain that and stuff. Aikya Paramarsha, big topic. This is Brahmakara Vritti. Enlightenment, realization. Notice, we don't have to become Brahman. Nothing can become Brahman. Brahman already exists and we are Brahman already. Accomplished uh, fact. It is done already. Nothing can change it. It's are choicelessly Brahman. You are infinite existence. You are infinite awareness. You are infinity itself, Purnata, that is Ananda. So Satchidananda, we already are. But the problem is, we don't realize it. We are like the billionaire who does not know where the billions are stored. So we are on welfare. We are collecting welfare check. Although, actually, in theory at least, we are a billionaire. So where do we get access to our billions? Where do we get access to our Purnam nature, infinite nature? That is um, the search in, in Vedanta. So by Shravana, Manana, Niridhyasana, uh, by Shravana, technically, I'm being very careful because many Vedantists are there, especially Mataji might be listening also. So Shravana, Shravana Teva Gyanam. So the, the Paramarsha, the Brahmakara Vritti, technically it comes from Shravana, but it requires the help of Manana, Niridhyasana to remove the obstacles um, in using Vedantic language. So Vedanta has a very technical shorthand language. You can express so much in the few words. By Shravana alone, this Brahmakara Vritti is raised, but there may be obstacles such as your um, uh, Viparita Bhavana and Asambhavana. Asambhavana, impossibility obstruction, obstacle is removed by Mananam. Viparita Bhavana, the contrary tendencies are removed by Nididhyasana. Unobstructed, this Vidya Vritti or this Vritti of Brahma, Brahma Paramashra, which is said here, Aikya Paramashra, it rises, Aham Brahmasmi. The consciousness which I felt within is revealed to me, is understood, or the clarity comes that it is not a limited consciousness. It is not limited by space, not limited by time, not limited by vastu. It is Sarvabhyapi Nitya Advaita Purna Chaitanya. That is liberation. That is the realization of Aham Brahmasmi. Okay, so this is Aham Brahmasmi from Brihadaranyakupanishad. Now before, for the other two Mahavakyas, we will leave it for the afternoon session. There's one comment I wanted to make, which I will say and then uh, we'll take up questions. Very beautiful observation, general observation in Mahavakya. You can call it a theory, uh, like grand unified theory is there, a theory of everything they're talking about in physics and cosmology. So like the theory of everything in Vedanta and philosophy, let's say theory of everything in philosophy. Mahavakya is that. It gives you the totality of, of spirituality or religion. It's all packed into Mahavakya. Just take Tattvamasi, that thou art. So, that refers to Saguna Brahman or Ishwara. Thou refers to the individual, our real nature. Think about it. All religions in the world are either in that category or thou category. 
tat category or tvam category. What do I mean by that? Look at Christianity, Islam, Judaism. In our Hinduism also look at Vaishnavism, Shaktaism, um, Shaivism. They are all theistic religions. God exists. Who is God? Always one common thing and across the religions. God is the creator of the universe. In Hinduism, little further, God is creator, sustainer and dissolver of the universe. Srishti, Stiti, Pralayakarta. Brahma Sutra defines what is Brahman. When you say uh, Brahma Jigyasa, inquiry into Brahman. What is this Brahman? Janmadhyasya Yataha. That from which birth, etc. of this universe take place. Asya Jagata, Janma Stiti Bhanga. Yasmat Tad Brahma. This entire universe, from where it has come, in which it subsists, and into which it shall dissolve again. That is Brahman. What Brahman is being defined there? Saguna Brahman, Ishwara. So Ishwara is being defined there. Tat means Ishwara, Saguna Brahman, creator of the universe. That is Vachya. Now we know all the technical things. We know that is a Vachyartha. Just keep Vachyartha. Hold on to the direct meaning. So, one kind of religion, the most common kind of religion, especially in the West, that is the only kind of religion that is understood. Um, so if you don't believe in God, then it's not a religion. That's the problem. That's why they are very confused here. People are confused by Buddhism. But how can Buddhism be a religion? In India, we understand. Religion is of two kinds. Two, broadly two kinds. Uh, Tat, God-centered religion. The other kind is Tvam, the self-inquiry-based religion. What is, for example, Buddhism, Jainism, and within Hinduism, Sankhya, Yoga, they are all based on inquiry into oneself. Self-inquiry. So Advaita, no, 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 wait. Not Advaita. So Sankhya, Yoga, Buddhism, Jainism, they are all, in, I'm painting in broad picture. You say, no, no, they worship Buddha as God. That's a different thing. Later on, these things came into Buddhism. But initially, and if you see Buddhist philosophy, philosophically speaking, strictly speaking, Buddhism does not accept God. Jainism also does not accept God. It's a quest for liberation of the self. Inquiry into the self, liberation of the self. Um, you, some mind might object, but Buddhism does not believe in the self also. Yeah, right, not in the sense that Hindu dualists believe. But it is still an inquiry into oneself, liberation for oneself. How can I get freedom from suffering? So the concern is with the, with the subject, with the person. So self-inquiry based religions and God-seeking religions. Tat religions, Tvam religions. And if you notice, they are quite different. The Tat-based religions, God-based religions are mostly bhakti paths, paths of devotion, faith. If you start inquiring, does God exist? A problem. So there are paths of bhakti. You will find temple, mosque, church. That is the center. You will find devotional activities, bhajan and kirtan and chanting, ritual, lot of rituals. Especially in um, the, the Hindu varieties of Tat-oriented religions, but also in Christianity, in uh, Islam and all of that. You will find the main method is uh, belief, faith, prayer, surrender. That is the Tat-oriented religions. There will be festival, there will be food and singing. and so That's one kind. The other kind, look at Buddhism, Jainism, or 
Patanjali Yoga, Sankhya. It will be more philosophical, more meditative, more monastic often. The center will not so much be big temples, but it may be monasteries, it may be meditation halls. It's more inward looking. So based on psychophysical practices, more intellectual maybe, another kind of religion, Tuam-based approach. And it is all very natural that these two should be there. Why? Because look at our structure of our experience, subject-object. Either we see the world outside or we look at ourselves. These are the only two things which we are aware of, the world and ourselves, subject and object. So if you have religion, one kind of religion will be around the object. What is the reality of this universe? God. Or another kind of religion might be inquiring into myself. Who am I? What am I? How can I go beyond sorrow? That is the Buddhistic or Jaina approach. Our psychology is also like that. So among spiritual seekers, you will find two kinds. Here you will find one kind because you are Advaitins, but you will find these two kinds of uh, seekers. I have seen the young boys who came to be monks in Belurmat in Ramakrishna order. If you ask, I used to ask sometimes, so what do you want? Why are you here to be sadhus, monks? What are you seeking? Two kinds of answers I got. One I want to realize God, God realization. I want to see God. Good, very good. Other one says that I want to know who am I? Self-realization. See, see, two approaches, psychologically two approaches. And the natures of these two persons are generally different. I'm, I'm oversimplifying a little bit. Now, the point what I'm trying to make is, I'm coming to Advaita now. Each approach has its advantage and disadvantages. It is its strength and weakness. What is the great weakness of the God-based approach, the faith-based approach, the theistic approach? The great weakness is that it depends on faith, on belief. If you question it, then the thing is threatened. Especially in today's world, that's a real problem. If you seriously question it. I've seen many people coming to Advaita Vedanta who started off as atheistic or agnostic, skeptical. When you become seriously interested, if you're not seriously interested in religion, very good. A little going to temple or church or mandir and then fine. And that's not really centered, central to your life. But if you're seriously interested, does God really exist? Can I experience it? Then the first reaction often is skepticism. All this seems to be just belief. Who has realized this and what, what, is, what does this all this mean? So many people who come to Vedanta often start off as skeptics, as agnostic. Then they find something satisfying in Advaita Vedanta. So one problem with the God-centered religion, theistic religion, is doubt. Big problem. All throughout the history of faith-based religions, you will find this problem. You notice in all the faith-based religions, there will be a struggle to prove the existence of God. In Christianity, um, Thomas Aquinas gives five ways, five proofs for the existence of God. In our own Hindu tradition, when they had a nearly thousand year debate with the Buddhists, so the Hindu Nayaikas, they were trying to prove the existence of Ishwara. Udayanacharya, Nyaya Kusumanjali, he gives nine proofs of the existence of God. So why this desperate attempt? The very attempt that you're trying to prove the existence of God shows that it is threatened, that it is based on faith and you need to convince yourself. Many great sadhakas, bhaktas, 
are often assailed by doubts. I am worshipping God, but there is, I cry out, there is no response. You know who said that? Mother Teresa, towards the end of her life, in a diary. I cry out into the darkness, there is only silence. Doubt. Somebody who is a devout Christian all her life. Very good, no doubt. But at the end of her life, she is writing. Only silence is there. This doubt. This is a big problem in the path of faith. And I, if, if you listen to a few uh, talks by Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Christopher Hitchens and Daniel Dennett, the whole structure will collapse. <laughs> doubt. Whereas the strength of the self-inquiry-based religion, thumb-based religion, is that there is no doubt at all. Nobody ever doubts one's own existence. Has anybody ever written books and books to prove 10 proofs of existence of myself and 9 proofs of the existence of myself? Nonsense. <laughs> that will be so silly. Who has ever had a doubt? Whatever I am, I exist. That was the fundamental which Descartes found in his great project of doubt. Let me doubt everything possible to come down to the foundation of knowledge. One thing indubitable. And you know what he found? I exist. How? Because I think. Cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I exist. There's a funny joke is there. Descartes goes to a Paris cafe and uh, the waitress comes and says, more coffee, Monsieur Descartes? He says, I think not. And he disappeared. I think, therefore I exist. So I think not, he disappeared. So I think, because of my own thinking, that is indubitable. If I think, if I doubt that I do not exist, that also requires my own existence to doubt it. Shankaracharya says, The one who denies the existence of Atma, that is the Atma of that very denier. How can consciousness deny itself? To deny something, you require consciousness. So that is one indubitable thing. I exist. So that is the great advantage. There is certainty about the subject matter of inquiry. In theistic religion, the matter of inquiry is under doubt. At all, God is there or not. Who knows? We're spending all our time on this. But in inquiry into self, no doubt, we exist. Now, what is the great disadvantage of the self-inquiry-based method? The great disadvantage is no doubt that I exist, but that's the problem. My own existence is the problem. It's surrounded by so many problems. I have financial problem. I have health problem. I have family problem. I have COVID problem. So many problems. I solve one, ten more coming in each place. And finally, death is there. So my existence is surrounded and threatened by problems. That is the big problem of the self-inquiry base. It is no great thing to say that I exist. So what? My existence is the problem. I would rather commit suicide, then the problem will be solved. So that is the great problem in the self-inquiry method, that the self which indubitably exists is very limited, is threatened insecure. Whereas the advantage of the God-based approach, if God exists, God has no problem. Uh, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, glorious. God is fine if God exists. And that is a big problem. The problem there is doubt, but the advantage is omniscience, omnipotence, glory. There is no problem at all. Infinite nature of God. Ishwara is fine if Ishwara exists. In our case, I exist, no doubt about it. Yesterday we saw the, in the Jahad Jahad Lakshana, the contrary thing is the one is that Jiva Chaitanya is Aparoksha Chaitanya. Ishwara Chaitanya is Paroksha Chaitanya. Paroksha means dependent on faith, not directly revealed to us. Our own existence directly revealed to us all the time. 
We are aware of ourselves. But the problem is it's a very limited existence, terrible existence. That's why we are here in Vedanta, to solve our problem. That's why Buddha became Buddha, to overcome suffering. Suffering is there. Now, here is the conclusion, the whole discussion about what am I driving at? Here is the extraordinary beauty of Advaita. Extraordinary, stunning, if you think about it. Advaita takes the advantages of both methods and cancels out the disadvantages of both. It takes the certainty of your self-existence. Self it starts with that. Who am I? Starts with aham. Starts with tvam. Starts with ayamatma. Starts with pragyanam. And then shows that absolutely certain indubitable self-existence to be the infinite. It takes it to the, the infinitude of God is combined with the certainty of the self to reveal a certain and infinite self. You get absolute certainty with absolute security. Directly. There is no doubt about it and there is no problem associated with it. If you get it. If one gets it. Even if one gets a, a clarity of, about you know, just the understanding itself at the level of Shravana, you begin to see that. Infinite certainty with infinite um, you know, like freedom from problems. That is the Reality revealed by Advaita. That is the deep meaning of Mahavakya. Tvam, certain. Tat, infinite. So infinite certainty. Aham, certain. I know. Brahma, infinity. Infinite certainty. Um, Pragyanam, certain. Brahma, infinite. Infinite certainty. Ayamatma, I. Certain, it's there. Brahma, infinity. Infinite certainty. This is the meaning of the Mahavakya. Again, you might say a wonderful insight. I can I cannot claim any bit of it. This I got from one Swami Akhandananda Saraswati. Um, his writings are uh, available only in Hindi, unfortunately. But great, great uh, scholar and saint, uh, 1960s, 70s. I never met him, but I read the Hindi writings. Good. We are done. We have run out of time also. Now let us take up the, uh, the questions one by one. Mohan Bhujleji has written a question. Swamiji, in answering a question yesterday about assimilation of Mahavakyas in our daily life, you asked us to stick with the regimen of Shravana, Manana, and Niridhyasana. Inspired an actionable message. May I ask you to please reinforce that message again? Many of us intellectually understand our identity with Brahman, but self-realization goal seems to be more distant than ever. All right. Practice, if you want to do anything, practice is nothing other than repetition of Shravana, Manana, Nidityasana. More than enough. That can enough, that can fill up our, our days. And when I say I intellectually understand, but self-realization is distant, you know, a traditional scholar would say, you don't understand intellectually also. That may, we may find it insulting. No, 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 I understand. No. Real deep understanding and realization are one and the same. What is the re relationship between intellectual understanding and realization? It is the same thing. Intellectual understanding deepens into realization. At one moment you see, oh, it is so. So when Prabodhji, if I ask Prabodhji, you are Prabodh. So yes. Is, is it intellectual or is it realization? <laughs> it is both. I understand that I am Prabodh and it's a fact for me. Similarly, I understand that I am Brahman, Aham Brahmasmi. 
I understand how. I've listened to the talks, read the verses, and it's also a fact. He said, no, no, Swami, it is not a fact. All right. Then slowly consider where is it, at which point does it stop being a fact? Shravana, Manana, Nididhyasana. To put it in very simple, actionable questions. It's like, Shravana, have you heard what was said? Yes. Please repeat. If not the original shloka, at least in your own words, what was said? Yes, I can do. I have heard it. Then Manana, you have heard, but you have got some doubts. Please ask those questions. After the questions are asked, think about the answer. Now you should know the answer to the question. So do have the questions been answered to your satisfaction? Are you clear about it? Yes. Then Mananam is over. Then third, that is it a fact? Nididhyasanam is to simply ask yourself, is it a fact? At which step does it stop being a fact and become only theoretical? That place you need to concentrate. So body, is it a fact or theory? No, theory, theory, Swami. Fact, Swami, not theory. It's absolutely a fact. Good. Breathe in and out. Prana. Is it a fact or theory? Fact. Absolutely. Nothing theoretical about it. Nothing intellectual about it. Mind. Thoughts. I'm thinking. I'm feeling. I'm willing. I'm remembering. Are they facts or is it a theory? It's a fact. Intellect. Trying to understand, unable to understand, then I'm able to understand. You can see the functioning of the intellect, buddhi. We have used it throughout our education process, understanding concepts. Is it a fact or is it a theory that buddhi is there? Fact. Ego, I, I am trying to understand. Is it a fact or is it a theory? Fact. I am the witness. I am aware of ego, of buddhi, of mind, of prana, of body. Annamaya, Pranamaya, Manomaya, Vigyanamaya. I am aware of all of this. Is it a fact? Yes. I can. I notice it. What notices it? There you inquire. At first it will seem theoretical. That I am pure witness, witness consciousness. of That will seem in, uh, intellectual or theoretical. If you press a little, stay with it, it will become a fact. Just like the body is a fact. More than the body is a fact. Because the body is a fact to you, the consciousness. The body is a fact to you, the consciousness. Without you, the consciousness, even body will not be a fact. It will become a fact. So for that blessed day, we must pray and keep at it. Remember, one great peace you get from Advaita is, Advaita says it is already a fact. Aham Brahmasmi is already a fact. You are already Brahman, always, choicelessly, helplessly so. You cannot be anything else. You are existence. You are awareness. And you are infinite existence awareness, which is called Ananda, which is Satchidananda. It is only to be realized. Praveer Babu. Pranam. Um, my, my question is, we've been talking about superimposition and de-superimposition. So my question is, when I, I'm, let's take the example of the snake and the rope. Yes. When I see a snake on the rope, that image of the snake is in, coming from my mind. Am I right? Correct. There must, yeah. I must have seen a snake before. Sometimes there's an image hmm. that's coming from my mind. Am I correct? So yeah. that means if if I if my mind is clear, this, that chitta shuddhi or whatever we call it. So if that means if I don't have those bad images, will I not see this snake? Or will I not see? I see life differently. Uh, uh, and my other question is, where is this rope coming from? 
but the rope is also a superimposition, am I not correct? Um, let me take the second question first. Remember, it's an example. It's an example. So the Vedanta is not about rope or snake. It is about Brahman and the world. So um, for Brahman, we take the example of a rope because it is the substratum of the illusion of snake. Similarly, Brahman is the substratum of the illusion of uh, the world. But if you ask rope or anything in this world, uh, are they not superimpositions also? Of course they are. Ultimately, from Brahman's standpoint, everything in this world is superimposition. Only Brahman is real. Okay. The first question, as far as I can follow, is will Chitta Shuddhi solve the problem? Um, then all these Im images which we are superimposing on the rope uh, snake, will it go away? No. No. Chitta Shuddhi will only help me to get realization that when you're saying that it's an intellectual thing, it is not real for me, that problem will disappear. The mind is purified. Then the Vedantic teaching will work directly and we will see that, yes, I am Brahman. So conditions of enlightenment are uh, set by Chitta Shuddhi. But Chitta Shuddhi by itself will not lead to enlightenment. If I have, I have no image of snake in my mind, no impression of snake, I will impose something else on that road. Error will continue. Some other error will be there. Instead of snake, the classical examples are there. Yesterday I mentioned Bhuchidra. It's a crack on the ground. Another friend said Pushpamala. A garland has been discarded. Or today we might say one discarded computer cable is lying on the ground. But when we go there, the only way of realizing the truth is to shine a light on it and see that, oh, investigate it and see, oh, it is a rope. It is a rope. Similarly, by investigation, Shravana Manana Nidityasana, we say, it is Brahman. I am Brahman. I am existence. I am awareness. I am, uh, you know, limitlessness, Ananda. Uh, and everything else is an appearance not different from me. Mark, if the person will also can also see the snake on the rope, or will he see something like garland on the rope? Will he see something? No, no. You are. This is an example. Okay. See, the example is only meant to prove a point. The enlightened person will know that Brahman alone is real. I am Brahman, and the appearance of the world will continue. Just like you see the world, you see a mind within yourself, thoughts, feelings, emotions, which is uniquely the mind of Prabir. Then you see the body. Then through the body mind, you see a world around you. You're sitting in a room with books. You see the same. After enlightenment, you'll see the same thing exactly. Same appearance will continue. After you realize the necklace is made of gold, will the necklace become a bracelet? No. Will the necklace and bracelet become a ring? No. Necklace will appear as a necklace. Bracelet will appear as a bracelet. Ring will appear as a ring. But you know all of them are gold. This we did not know earlier. Suppose one did not know gold. Similarly, one Satchidananda, existence itself. See, what is happening right now is, I look around, I see a body, I see the bookshelves, I see the books, I see the ceiling, I see the floor, I see the computer. But what I'm missing all throughout, which I completely skip over all the time, is the existence, the isness running in and through all of this. Body is. Book is, shelf is, ceiling is, floor is, computer is. It seems to be such a trivial fact. It's the most important fact. We are missing that all the time with every experience. One monk once told me, I was a brahmachari at that time. He says that every moment we are missing it a thousand times. Missing it means we are overlooking it. We are so much taken up by names and forms 
we are overlooking the ever present underlying reality which is the shining out in aparokshanabuti shankaracharya says just as clay shines out through the pot every bit of the pot is revealing clay only similarly bhaswaram blazing forth brahman is blazing forth right now one uttarakhand sadhu said thasathas bharpur it is packed tight with brahman this experience of the universe we don't see it the most obvious thing we don't see that is the amazing thing about name and form about maya we are constantly diverted by names and forms but you say that no but our typical errors suddenly seeing a snake in a rope or seeing a dream or making an error uh, about blue sky uh, or uh, mirage water enlightened person will have that error or not yes it's part of the vyavaharika jagat and then they will correct it enlightenment is not seeing um, all ropes and ropes and never seeing a snake it is seeing brahman in everything whether the enlightened person sees a snake by mistake you still think it is brahman and then correct in vyavaharika jagat it is not snake the snake belongs to the pratibhasika the rope belongs to vyavaharika but it is all brahman pratibhasika and vyavaharika are all false actually mithya appearance in the level of appearance there may be slight here and there no problem classic example vivekananda is walking in the desert of rajputana then he sees a mirage he writes about it so i thought it was water i rushed to it and then i saw it is just shimmering air i thought oh this is the mirage which we have read about then he started so did he see the mirage or not yes he saw it is he enlightened or not yes he is enlightened he started walking not only that when he started walking and he turned around and he says i saw the shimmering water again the air as water from a distance but i now i know it's a mirage and that is an example it is not about mirage it is not about water not about desert not about rope or snake these are all examples in the actual case that brahman is real world is an appearance there the enlightened person has no problem at all effortlessly but since the question has come up let me share an interesting extension of a vedantic example the mirage example i'm slightly changing the topic here but i want to share this with you so one course that i took in uh, at harvard in the fall semester was with a famous professor of tibetan buddhism professor j garfield i was acquainted with his work but i never thought i would get a chance to actually study with him so he taught indo tibetan buddhism so starting with nagarjuna uh, so nagarjuna chandrakirti these are names we know but then there are tibetan masters whom we do not know normally we do not study them because the works are in tibetan now they are translated songkhapa mabja bifam so many others not familiar to us as indians we studied all that so nearly 1500 years of buddhist philosophy first 800 900 years in india the next 6 700 years in tibet we studied that now anyway my point was the mirage example so professor garfield himself has extended it based on tibetan buddhism so he says in the desert in nevada in arizona when you drive sometimes you see mirage in the desert when you're driving along now he says there are these um, four categories of people who see the mirage or who's how do they react and he's talking about enlightenment or jivan mukti not in the sense of vedanta but in the sense of um, madhyamaka buddhism or tibetan buddhism so the ignorant person the ordinary the, the naive driver the beginner is driving along 
and sees a mirage and does not see his mirage. What does he see? Water. There is water there. So he does not understand it's a mirage. That's, an, uh, that's the Agyani. Who sees what? World. Here is the world. People, objects, body, mind. And that's, I am the body, mind. Vachyartha. And here is the physical world. Vachyartha. That much only you see. That is the ignorant person's condition. Samsara. The result is samsara. Now comes the next person who has studied uh, Vedanta or you say studied uh, Shunyavada. That person, it is the educated driver who driving along suddenly sees, what does he see? Water. But then he thinks, oh, there's no water here. It must be that mirage I have read about. Like Vivekananda said, that is the mirage I have read about. So he sees water. That is the experience. And what am I seeing? Water. But I understand it is not water. But still I'm seeing it is water. I have to do some understanding that I have read. This is how it works. And it must be a mirage. What is the level of this person? Professor's level. He was Professor Garfield was joking. So I understand it theoretically. But I am still seeing samsara. And I'm getting affected by samsara. Happiness, misery, uh, insult, praise, all of these affect me. Illness. I know it is empty, shunyata. I know if I say Vedanta, it is Brahman alone, Satchidananda. But still it is affecting me. And to know that it is Brahman, I have to put some theoretical effect and into, into practice. I have to say, I read about it, I heard about it, Swami told me about it, and therefore, yes, it looks like this, but it is actually Satchidananda. Level of professor or the our level of spiritual seeker, we are stuck here. Then there is a third level, he says. Right? Something called polarized glasses are there. So if you wear them while you're driving in a desert, apparently you will not see the illusion of the mirage. So that water appearance will not be there. Similarly, there are yogis who meditate deeply. So in samadhi, the world does not appear to them. There is no appearance of name and form, no appearance of body, no appearance of mind, deep peace. That Patanjali Yoga, for example. So that yogi does not see either water or mirage or anything like that. So uh, he will say, what are you talking about? He's driving along wearing polarized glasses. Some say, oh, there is water there. Another says, no, no, it is actually a mirage. That fellow will say, what? What? I don't see anything. No water, no mirage. That is, a, uh, that is by the concentration of mind, you can blank out the appearance. Only temporarily, remember. That is still not enlightenment. Then there is the last one, the enlightened one. The Buddha or the Jivan Mukta. What do they see? Like the driver who's driving, expert driver. Fourth level, expert driver. Driving along and sees the, that thing appearing. What does he see? Mirage. He automatically, with the effortlessly, he says, that's a mirage. The ignorant driver will say, that's water. The educated driver will say, it looks like water, but it's actually a mirage. I understand it. The expert driver will say, I see a mirage. I see Vithya, Jagat, Maya product appearing, Brahman alone shining forth in all these ways. Honestly, not by intellectually calculating. That I, this is Brahman shining forth. It's a fact for me. So four levels. Ignorant driver, beginner, novice driver. Then the second one is educated driver. Third one is polarized glass driver. And the fourth one is expert driver. Similarly, Agyani, the seeker or the professor or the Vedanta student, second level. Third level, yogi who is advanced, who can blank out the world through samadhi. 
and the enlightened one, the highest one, Jivan Mukta, with eyes open, with eyes closed, it is Brahman is a fact to this person. Same, experiencing the same thing as us, the person says, it is Brahman. Honestly. Good. Swamiji, uh, in one of your videos, uh, there was a beautiful example you happened to have given related to Brahmakar Vritti. Now that video has disappeared. It's related to this uh, solar ex eclipse example you had uh, explained. And I would like, I wanted to share it with our group and I look for it everywhere. I understood it, but I wanted to share that. So if you could elaborate one more time and expound on that Brahmakar Vritti, how this solar eclipse, the moon, so the sunlight reflecting on moon and that reflected light cannot shine the sun the same way when... Yes. Um, yes, again, I cannot take any credit for that. It seems to be a well-known example among the sadhus. I heard it in in uh, Haridwar, in Sadhana Sadhan from one Swami Ramananda Saraswati, uh, who was, I think, at least my understanding was he was a Jivan Mukta, wonderful Swami. He passed away a few years ago. Um, so he just gave the example, but it seems it was a well-known example. He talked about it and then I asked the other Swami that I didn't understand what did he say. So oh, you don't know, this is what it means. So what happens is the solar eclipse, normally what happens is sunlight falls at night. Sunlight falls on the moon and the moonlight, so-called moonlight, illumines the earth at night. So we are able to see things at earth, on the earth, uh, because moonlight is revealing the objects at night to us. So we experience. Similarly, in day-to-day -day life, right now, for example, pure consciousness, which is um, even in Vedanta, Atma is equated with the sun. Or the sun is like pure consciousness. Uh, sun is shining. Atma is shining. Um, and the consciousness is reflected or borrowed in the mind. Moon is equated with the mind in Vedanta. So moon, mind is lit up by consciousness. And that consciousness, uh, the mind lit up by consciousness, Bachidavhasa, shines on the sensory system and body. And through that, we experience the world, just like moon revealing the world at night. That's our ordinary experience right now. Pure consciousness reflected in the mind as Chidavhasa, lighting up the mind and sensory system, and with that, we experience the world in slices, little by little, we experience. That's what's going on now. What happens when, how do you realize Brahman? So the example is, when there is a solar eclipse, what happens is the moon gets between the earth and the sun. Moon gets between earth and the sun. And sunlight, which is falling on the moon, now does not reach the uh, earth because its moon is not reflecting. The dark side is now on the uh, facing us on the earth. So the earth becomes dark. Um, in the daytime, moon passes over the orb of the sun. Earth becomes dark in, in uh, um, eclipse, solar eclipse. But the sunlight falling on the moon is now reflected back to the sun. Instead of illumining the earth, it's now reflected back to the sun. Sun alone shines on the moon. Now, what is the meaning of this? Pure consciousness, Atman, shining on the mind, usually reveals the mind. Upanishad says, Paranchikhani Vyatrinatsvayam Bhu Tasmat Paranpashyati Nantaratman. Our senses are turned outwards. The mind is turned outwards. 
illumined by the same pure consciousness. But what, we, what do we see? Parang Pashyati, we see the world outside. We smell, taste, touch. So that is our samsara is going on. Like the washerman using the diamond for scrubbing clothes. We are doing this. But Upanishad says, Kaschid dhiraha, spiritual seeker, patiently, with great effort, calms the mind down, turns it inwards with the help of Vedantic knowledge, ascertains the nature of the self. This mind turned inwards in Nididhyasana, contemplating on the Atman. This is like the moon the moonlight, which is reflected back to the sun, no longer revealing the world. A time comes when suddenly the sun itself is revealed. See, moonlight, a very important point is being shown here. The moonlight reveals the world. Without the moonlight, you cannot see the world at night. But can we say that the same moonlight, when it's reflected back to the sun, the same moonlight is revealing the sun? Not at all. First of all, that moonlight belongs to the sun. Second, the sun is thousand times brighter than the moonlight. Sun is self-effulgent. It does not require the moonlight to reveal itself. Yeah. Now, this the crucial point which is being explained here is Vritti Vyapti Phalabhyapti. I just leave it here because many of you have studied it. So, in any kind of knowledge, any knowledge which we are having right now, two things are required. Vritti Vyapti Phalabhyapti. What is Vritti Vyapti? The mind must be focused on the object of knowledge. So, right now you want to listen to me. You are focusing your mind through your eyes and ears on what is coming through your screen. That gives a vritti in the mind. Swami Akara Vritti. Shabda Akara Vritti is coming. You are hearing, <coughs> seeing. So that is called Vritti Vyakti. The mind is pervading the object of knowledge. One. But that's not enough for knowledge. Then the Chidabhas in the mind, the reflected consciousness in the mind must reveal that vritti. That is called Phalab Vyakti. And at that moment, you get the feeling, I see, I hear. Both are required. With whatever the mind focuses on, that will be revealed. Because consciousness is everywhere. If only consciousness were enough to reveal, then we would know everything all the time. But that's not enough. The mind has to be focused on one, one object after another. You want to see something else, again, mind vritti has to be made about that object. Consciousness will reveal that object through Chidavasa. How is Brahman revealed? So this is normal epistemology. How is Brahman revealed? When the object of focus becomes Brahman. Now object of focus cannot directly become Brahman because no sense organ can objectify Brahman. You cannot see, hear, smell, taste, touch Brahman. Even the mind and speech cannot objectify Brahman. Abhyavahadyam, Abhyapadeshyam, Achintyam. It cannot be designated by speech. It cannot be thought of by mind. So, by Vedantic teaching, through the strategy of Lakshyat, what we did, implied meaning, you have to catch it intuitively. That intuitive catching is when the mind has to be taken away through the practice of Shama, Dhamma, etc. That is the moon turning, coming between the sun and the world. Your attention is turned away from external objects. Too much engagement with the world outside. Attention is now focused inwards on Pratyagatma, on the consciousness within, guided by Vedanta. That is the, at one point, sun, moon and earth will come aligned, perfectly aligned. The Upanishad says, Pratyagatmanamaikshat, chakshur, Pratyagatmanamaikshat. With the eyes closed, eyes closed means sense organs turned away from worldly engagement, focused on that Vedantic inquiry. 
at one point this comes. The mind is now focused on Brahman, not objectifying Brahman. And consciousness reflected in the mind now illumines, tries to illumine Brahman, not necessary. Brahman itself shines forth, like the sun shining forth on the moon, a thousand times radiance than the moon. Similarly, the consciousness itself is self-effulgent, subprakasha, revealed by itself. Language fails at that point. But it's a very clear, very clear moment of breakthrough. You realize this is what has always been there. Once it's done, it's done. So this is the example they used. Yeah. So Swamiji, um, uh, my question is on uh, spiritual practices um, concerning purification that I had asked you a little bit yesterday and you talked about devotion and uh, just need some guidance on that, Swamiji. Um, uh, mainly, uh, my natural disposition is uh, more towards vichara and contemplation. So when it comes to karma yoga and bhakti yoga, um, I treat karma more from a duty point of view. So I do my duties at home and at work and, and you know, without expecting or um, without hankering for any particular outcome. Um, but beyond that, I don't seek any other karmas. Um, and bhakti also, for me, not being a highly emotional person, uh, the only bhakti practice I do is japa because I enjoy chanting the name. Um, but the rest of the time I spend in vichara with shravanam, mananam, and idhyasanam. So um, is that enough or should I try to do, seek out more uh, along the lines of bhakti? Um, that is more than enough. You are describing the life of... Uh almost the life of a sadhu in Uttarakhand. <laughs> so, yes, your own duties, uh, family and uh, career and job and all, which you have to carry on as a householder. In that case, um, it is to be done not only with detachment, that I do not want any result, but also Ishwara Arpana Buddha, that it is okay. uh, a worship of the Lord. It's the Lord alone who has put me in this place. And I'm worshipping my Lord by offering my service in this in this way, at home and office and everywhere in community. And uh, Japa is, of course, a wonderful practice. These practices are very useful. They're very good uh, and good support. If you spend more time in Vichara, nothing like it. Wonderful. And if you have, see the taste for Vichara, Vedanta Vichara, Ishwara Anugraha Deva Pumsam Advaita Vasana. First verse, I think, of, of Avadhuta Gita. By the grace of infinite grace of the Lord, what is the grace of the Lord? That I want to know uh, the Advaitic truth. Many people don't know this. Sri Ramakrishna will immediately say, who is a, he was a bhakta, a devotee of Makali. He says, first get the Advaitic conviction, then do whatever you like. He says, on the foundation of Advaita, you can do what you can pursue your Advaitic vichara, or if you want to be a bhakta, if you want to be a dhyani, if you want to do service to others. You can do all of that, but foundation should be Advaita. Uh, Sri Ramakrishna says, Advaita gyan achole vede jaitche taikar, in Bengali. You know, in, uh, women in traditional uh, old time, they used to have the sari and they would put the keys of the sari, they would tie it to the hem of the cloth, the keys of the household, they would tie it like this. Uh, so, tie the knowledge of Advaita to the hem of your sari, to the hem of your cloth, and then do whatever else you like. And then, uh, Sri Ramakrishna says, Ramana Maharshi, I really like this story. And I verified with a uh, devotee from Ramana Ashram that it is true. 
somebody went and asked Raman Maharshi, a very simple devotee. I know you teach who am I, but I uh, like, I am, I love my Narayana. Is it all right? He said, yes, yes, it is all right. Oh, it is all right. So if I worship and uh, pray to Narayana after death, will I go to Vaikuntha? You are moksha and all that. I don't understand, but I, I want to go and live near Narayana. Is it all right? Ramana Maharshi said, yes, it is all right. It will happen. Oh, it will happen. I will go to Vaikuntha. Yes. Will I see Narayana? Will I see Narayana? Yes, you will. Oh, I will see Narayana. How? It's a simple person. How happy. Just thinking about it. Will Narayana see me? Yes, Narayana will look at you. Oh, Narayana will look at me. Wonderful, wonderful. Will Narayana speak to me? Will Narayana speak to me? He said, yes, Narayana will speak to me. Oh, Narayana will speak to me. Narayana will speak to you. What will he say to me? What will he say to me? Narayana will say, find out who I am. Who I am. <laughs> find out who am I. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that self and finally the instruction from God will be, find out who am I. That you are pursuing. Yes. A greater yes. Certainly, yes. that's the whole purpose of religion. Ultimately, purpose of, purpose of dhyana, purpose of worship, purpose of bhakti, purpose of um, service, ultimately is to come to this realization. That's the purpose of the whole game. Whole game yes. of samsara. Thank Even you. purpose of samsara. Marriage and money and jobs and all of that, all achievements in life. Finally, to take you to this infinity. That is our real nature. Swamiji, one quick uh, question. Uh, when I try to concentrate on the form of a Lord, I find it difficult because the form just disappears. Um, when I try to concentrate, um, it, it's hard for me to do that. I it's try hard for everybody. Don't worry about it. Keep trying. <laughs> uh, be centered in the idea, at least the conviction, I am Brahman. After that, all others are self-improvement projects. Improving the mind through concentration on Ishta Devata. It's a good project. It will take time. No problem at all because you are Brahman. What is the problem? <laughs> if you have a highly concentrated mind and you can bring to the for the image, shining image of Ishta Devata, wonderful. Congratulations. If you cannot, still no problem because you are Brahman. There's, there's not the slightest problem in you. That conviction should be fundamental. After that, everything else. When I try to do unselfish work, some selfishness enters the mind. Okay, problem of mind. My problem? Not at all. Should it be dealt with? Yes, it's a part of my project. I will deal with it. I'll try to make the mind more and more unselfish. I will try to make the mind more and more focused. I will try to make the mind more full of bhakti. These are all sattvic qualities. A wonderful project of self-improvement. But it is smallest self. Really speaking, you... What you are right now is the same Brahman that I am, is the same Brahman that Ramakrishna, Ramana Maharshi, Vivekananda were. All of us, we are that ever-perfect Brahman right now, effortlessly so. That's important. Namaste, Swamiji. Namaste. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I was a servant of Swami Yatishwarananda when he came to Mysore. <clears throat> Uh, for the consecration of uh, Sri Ramakrishna Temple. Uh, just oh, to say, wonderful, okay. Wonderful to meet you, sir. Yeah, uh, the, I've never uh, met the Swami. Long. Yeah, yes, this yes. Is the book, yeah. Please see that book. It's a very comprehensive book. If somebody yeah. asks me, tell me one book which will be very comprehensive about spiritual life. 
about bhakti, about jnana, about meditation, about moral life, brahmacharya, all of these things. One book, that book, Meditation and Spiritual Life by Swami Aprishwana. Yeah. It's become very, very popular. Okay. Very comprehensive book. He was a Jivan Mukta Purusha. And uh, of course, I have never seen him. You are very lucky to see him and get his blessings. Yeah. <clears throat> I, was a, I was a young boy of 15, serving him uh, in that, con in that uh, consecration temple. My question is, in Kenopanishad, Pratibhoda Viditam Matam Amrutatvam Vindate. Can you describe a little more clearly, even though I know every experience is by consciousness alone, how does it bring Amrutatvam? Yes. Pratibhoda Viditam Matam. In Kena Upanishad, it is there. So, enlightenment is when you, in every experience, what is every experience? Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, remembering, even um, desiring, anger, whatever comes in the mind. It should not, but if it does come in the mind. Every experience, you know what it reveals? Reveals Brahman to you. It reveals Brahman to you. I see the book, experience of book. Taste the coffee, taste of coffee. Hear speech, experience of speech. Normally, what then, what, if I report, what have you experienced? Book. Coffee, speech. Enlightened person, really. And enlightened person also will say, I've seen the book, I've uh, tasted coffee, I've heard the speech. You ask, no, no, tell me, what have you really experienced? Brahman, Brahman, Brahman. How? How is it possible? In every experience, Brahman shines forth. Tell you one uh, technique through Kenopanishad. There are Six methods of meditation mentioned at the end. Then Nididhyasana methods. But the technique is uh, this one. One of the techniques is this. To make every experience experience of Brahman. Every experience of seeing. What you are seeing right now. So I see this book. What is the experience? Book I am experiencing. But is it also not an experience of eyes? Because of the eyes, I am now seeing the book. It is the eyes themselves who are seeing. I mean, the, it, it, it reveals, what, what does this experience reveal to me? It reveals the book, but it also reveals that I have eyes which are seen. When I look at um, glasses, what does it reveal to me? Not only glasses, but that I have eyes which are revealing glasses to me. Remember, in every experience of seeing, the objects are seen. The eyes are not seen. But the eyes are the ones which are revealed in every experience, through the experience of seeing. Are you with me? Yes, yes. It's a very simple fact. Every experience, if you see something, you are experiencing the eyes. We never think about it that way. When I see something, what if I, I will always report, I am seeing that thing. You're seeing a book, I'm seeing a book. No, not only are you seeing a book, your eyes are being revealed in that very experience. Similarly, in every experience, not only seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, remembering, understanding, not understanding, forgetting, in all experiences, consciousness alone is being revealed. It's a simple and direct fact. Only in my awareness are all these experiences taking place. Can I use that experience to become aware of the consciousness? How? Can I use this experience to become aware of the eyes? How? Here is a book. But the book is being seen because of eyes, which I cannot see, but the eyes are present. Because of them only, I am experiencing the book. 
then everything that I will see will remind me of the eyes. Will in fact be an experience of the eyes. Similarly, everything that you experience is an experience of Brahman because it's, it's an experience of consciousness. Every experience will remind you of consciousness. That object you experience is appearing in consciousness, is experienced in consciousness, is known, understood, appreciated, liked or disliked in consciousness. The whole experience is pervaded through and through by awareness. This becomes an effortless fact after some time. That just becomes, that becomes the most important fact. Another way of looking at it is, once you realize all the ornaments are made of gold, every ornament you look at, yes, it's a necklace, but I'm looking at gold. I'm touching gold. I am weighing gold. Every experience of ornament becomes not just experience of bangles and necklace and, um, and uh, bracelets and tiaras. It becomes an experience of gold. First experience of gold. Then only you acknowledge, oh yes, name and form is necklace. Name and form is um, bangle. And so, Vavahara, necklace you should put here, bangle you should put here, all that comes later. But the reality all, all the time is gold, gold, gold. Here also, reality all the time is Chaitanyam or Sat, Sat, Sat. Chaitanyam, Chaitanyam, Chaitanyam. Drigdrishya Viveka says, Kamadhyas Chittaga Drishya Tat Sakshitvena Chaitanam. Look at the boldness, Kamadi. Desire, etc. Desire, desirelessness, peace of mind, restlessness of mind, thinking, remembering, forgetting, all of them. Chittaga drishyaha. These are all drishya experiences floating in your chitta, in your mind. Tat sakshitve in a chetanam. Consciousness is a witness to them. Witness means the illumination of them. Notice that. We don't notice it. We notice only the object. When you begin to notice that, after some time it will become effortless. It's not, not a technique anymore. It's a fact of life. Right now, we, as the Buddha said, we are half awake. Buddha only claimed to be the only awake person. We are half awake. We are sleepwalking. When you become awake to this fact, it is that pure subject, the awareness which is shining in the form of all these objects. Pratibodhaviditammatam. Every experience will be experience of Brahman. Yatra yatra mano yati tatra tatra samadhyaya. Whatever the mind thinks of, there itself you will get samadhi. And that's an extraordinary thing. Namaste Swamiji. Namaste. Uh, the question that I have that ultimately if we are the Sakshi Brahman, then at least I get very much confused when we say that there is a reflected consciousness in mind or chidabhas. Because anything reflected means to me, at least for my understanding, is fake. Hmm. Any reflection is fake. Yes. So I get extremely confused when you say you have you, there is a reflected consciousness in us. So can Not you only... elaborate a little bit more there? Why don't we say that we are that direct sun in every one of us instead of saying reflection of that sun in multiple buckets and things like that? Correct. That's why I want to emphasize again and again, when we talk about reflected consciousness, chidabhasa, buckets and water and sun reflected in them, remember, you are not the chidabhasa. Yeah, that's... Always true. remember. But then why do we say all this? In order to explain our experience. If you are directly sun only, chaitanyam, consciousness only, then what are you experiencing? 
what is this world why is it that you are experiencing only one slice of it and not other slices why are you only experiencing brinda's experience and not prabodh's experience not sarvapriyanand's experience why then you have to consider what you consider brinda and prabodh and sarvapriyananda are like buckets and there is uh, water in them like the sukshma sharira the bodies are like buckets mind is like sukshma sharira in that awareness is shining limited awareness in each one that explains our day to day experience but that's not what we are that's what vedanta wants to tell us this bucket and water and the sun shining in that water that limited sun this is something that we experience right now don't you experience the body yes are you is are you uh, is brahman the body no 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 don't you experience the mind yes i experience the mind brinda is also experiencing mind right now so is those thoughts are that is that brahman no 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 don't you experience awareness in yourself yes of course brinda experiences awareness in herself is that awareness brahman no 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 the witness of all of that the source of all of that the existence of all of that is brahman and that is the real nature of brinda but then what about this apparent nature this body this mind this awareness which is normally called brinda so this is like the bucket this is like the water this is like the reflected sun are they fake yes if you are sankhyan or yoga then they are real they are prakriti part of prakriti still not brinda separate from you if you are advaitin we are advaitin so that body mind and appearance of that consciousness in that bucket water and reflected sun are they fake yes they are fake chidavasa fake or not yes it is fake anything that comes and goes is fake anything that is limited is fake parichinnatvat anityatvat mithya it is an appearance so can we then say that the sun as if appearing in you instead of because as soon as the reflection word comes i really get your yeah, objection to the reflection word yes yeah. remember that is only in the example see your question will be then you are saying that there is after all if you see in the garden there is really a sun in the sky but there is really a bucket in the garden there is really water in that bucket and there is really a little sun shining in that well, it's a reflected sun but it's all really there that's only example don't worry about it in reality in advaita vedanta it is not that there is really a body really a mind in that body and really a little awareness in that body remember in the example what is the problem the actual sun is different from the bucket the actual sun in the sky is different from the water actual sun in the sky is different from that little dot of light in that in that bucket but in advaita vedanta brahman is not actually this body mind and all actually not different from brahman they are all appearances in brahman they are names and forms in brahman don't be confused by the example so fake or not in the example bucket is not fake in the example water is not fake because really bucket is there water is there that's what creates the confusion in reality body mind are fake or not yes and the consciousness reflected in body mind fake or not yes that is that fake is the technical term is mithya superimposition you are absolutely right your confusion is being caused by taking the example too seriously bucket hai pani hai usme pratibimb hai nahi hai it's just a way of explaining it of trying to understand what is going on and the, why is it not there then what is there brahman alone is there 
so don't worry about the reflection <laughs> you are brahman you are the sun in the sky not bucket not water not reflected sun om shanti 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 hari om tat sat shri ram krishna pranamaste